There are lots of quotes which you hear after a defeat. But the one that resonates with me the most is that when your back is against the wall, only way to move is move forward. And that's what Team India have shown in the second test of the India-Australia series so far. Well, hello and welcome to the Gyanban Experience. A simple talk in the middle of a complex existence. Be it news, views, politics or country, movies, web series or a documentary. People, society or culture shock, expression of freedom or a mental block. We just do simple straight talk. If you are the types to sit up and think, then turn up the volume and don't blink. Stir up your coffee, monk or bordeaux, you are listening to the right show. And though we can't unscramble your scrambled egg, it's no round hole in a square peg. Don't just sit there on the fence. Come on, jump into the Gyanban experience. In a few hours time, we will know the outcome of the match between India and Australia, the second test. That is on day four. By the lunch session, we will more or less have an idea about the outcome or the end result. Now, all three situations are possible. The best case, the worst case and the most ideal case. And we'll discuss about them in detail. But what will stand out is the resilience that this team has shown after a massive defeat in the previous test in at least the first three days, right? As it happened even in the test one was leading most of the sessions or having some of the sessions shared one disastrous session erased all the good work that these guys had done. Now we are exactly in a very similar point in time in test number two where tomorrow's morning session or the first session of play will either erase all the good stuff that has happened so far or it will seal the fate for Australia if the Indian team continues to deliver the same intent that they have shown in the first three days so far. And to do that, they need to switch on from ball one. That's the basic, that's the most important thing and that's all it takes and that's all they can do be switched on from ball one if you are switched on from ball one if they manage to have say two or three maidens if not a wicket in the first three or four overs the pressure will build and that's the advantage you get right at the top of the morning alternatively if the first three to five overs they leak runs and bowl lose deliveries like short pitch stuff which they don't need to play or way outside the off stump that they can leave alone and so on and so forth, then this will set the batsman in a little bit. Admitted that Cummins is not a great batsman or an established batsman, but Green is in some sense. He's got comes with a reputation. So not to overestimate him, but the point is the most vulnerable period will be the first half an hour to 40 minutes. If in that 40 minutes you are not switched on, then you, there is no warming up, right? And then there is no catching up. So whatever has to happen, India has to go for the kill right in the first 40 minutes. So if that is done, then 
chances are the team will be restricted to a lowish score and then india will have to play out the balance carefully and it should be all over and done with by lunch time so what are the three situations that could happen let's look at a best case worst case and an ideal case scenario so what is the best case scenario best case scenario is they have a two run lead they perhaps add another 20 odd runs so 25 to win and they get bowled out uh within say 150 and india gets over and done within an hour's time that could be the best case scenario what could be the worst nightmare come to and that's something that everyone fears is that cameron green gets stuck in nathan lyon scores a few and stark and uh, come and score a handy resistance in which case what is the worst case scenario worst case scenario you're looking at another say 50 runs or 60 runs added by cameron uh, green you can say about 20 odd runs by nathan line because he likes to tonk the ball around a little bit give or take 20 runs so that's 60 and 20 80 runs there between stark and hazelwood um, and cummins they add another say 30 so about 100 110 runs the lead that to me is a risky proposition in which case the likelihood of india scoring that 110 is at risk chances are india would fold up at about 80 or 90 because of the mental state not the skill ability the mental state i don't know how resilient they will be to tide that over so but that that's the worst case scenario and so what could be the ideal scenario or the mid path if you ask me mid path is they are at 133 they perhaps get out by 188 Uh, or thereabouts that's roughly about 55 runs to win india does that by losing one wicket it's a nine wicket victory that to me at this point on the eve of the fourth day seems the most likely scenario in which case we exit the test series uh, at the midpoint at one each and then there's all to play for in the th- sydney test in the third and the fourth test that's how it pans out for me I had to had a few words about jinx the captain jinx the player and jinx under pressure imagine the situation after the first test india mentally decimated and the social media all of us put together the fans and we have a right to be disappointed right if you have expectations of being the champion of champions the best test team in the world then the expectations also will be in accordance right the greater the victory is the greater the fall but now that is behind us the only way forward was to you when your back is against the wall the only way is to move forward and so when you move forward Uh, you show your temperament you show your class and that's what mr rajin kirane showed he showed calmness temperament and yes he was given a few chances but everybody gets chances you know and and see how some of the other fielding has happened so if you take that out of the equation how has uh, ajin kirane stood up to the challenge i think he's done a fabulous job he's always been this good boy standing by the family kind of a person you know and part of the reason and i don't know you know we don't know the exact nature of the situation of his mental state but i'd believe the i'd like to believe that the part of his mental instability came from his position in the team 
fluctuating. First, he was, you know, in, in the tour of 16 or 18, he was one of the front runners in the game, path all set, doing, playing all formats and everything. And then suddenly he's left in the cold, nowhere and not handled very well. This does not do wonders to someone's confidence. And somewhere the team management, including the selectors, including the coach, including the captain are answerable. If you make someone's career, you also play a role in breaking someone's career. And to overcome that, an Indian cricket has been replete with instances where promising cricketers who've been mismanaged have messed up their careers. Think of Ambati Raidu, think of so many others. In fact, even if you think of MS Dhoni towards how he was managed, you know, how people hounded him during his test failures when, you know, you never had any semblance of a bowling attack. You know, we had a flat bowling attack and all the blame was given to him, right? And how he was hounded in his final years of cricket where continuously he was questioned about in his retirement and everything. Must have messed his game a little bit, right? You make people conscious and put them under pressure. So Ajinkarane, I'm most certain that his mental state was tampered, hampered, if you will, with this crazy think tank that we have. If at all there is a think tank, I think there is an emotional tank where Mr. Kohli just goes and says, well, I feel very emotional about this. I am the captain, so I get to say. That's the impression we get from the outside. Now, if it is completely off the charts, then it's somewhere somebody has to open the door and let us in. We should, We ought to know what the hell is going on, right? In the absence of that information, the impression that we get from the outside is that Mr. Rane and many such players have not been treated the way it should uh, they should have been. And now given the opportunity that there are three tests, back-to-back tests, where he gets to calm down and think about how he wants to plan the team. One can argue if there was a slightest of, I wouldn't say, just playing the devil's advocate here, that you know the whole team realized that they all needed to lift their game at least by a couple of notches. So yes, the captain's role was important or is important. In this case, Mr. Jinkarane's role is important. But the team itself would have lifted the game um, owing to the previous disaster. A true testimony would be how he manages the next game. That's one point to test his captaincy skill sets. But as a player to deliver in such intense, immense pressure, and there are not enough adjectives to cover the amount of pressure he must have gone through to get to that 100 mark is unbelievable. It's stuff of fairy tales. It's stuff of folklore. This will be legendary. And in years later, we will review back at, and when we assess his best knocks, and he might say his knock at Lords was even better because the ball was swinging and it was far more difficult to play the ball. But the situation that India were in right now, I thought was far more, it was embarrassing too. And, and not to put up a fight would have, you know, let a whole nation down and to carry that burden on you on your shoulders is is something remarkable and it's privilege, it's an honor, but it's it's extraordinarily difficult. And so only he can share how difficult it was for him to manage this pressure of expectation and not just expectation, the national pride was at stake in, in some sense. And so to stand up and deliver and to take India to 326 was a fabulous effort. Mind you, there was still yet another mini collapse after his departure. If you just look at the morning session, 
still you know 30 odd runs uh, or thereabouts you lost four wickets somewhere the indian tail has to wag a bit longer you know have to has to show it is stronger there has to be resilience and i don't know what do, what else do you take you know the common argument has been well if the top 6 can't do then the what will the bottom 3 do but the counter argument is look at the teams around you look at sam curran and remind you how many times the pain the english tail enders caused and so uh, when will india pick up that part of the skill set that's one and the other part is when will there would be adequate intent skill set pressure exerted upon to clean up the final three wickets or four wickets of the opposing team the cleaning up or the mopping up of the tail just like a stark does for australia i just cannot fathom why we are not able to clean up the tail there is intent they say there is skill because they got the top order out is it a lack of patience is it like trying too many things the trend that i notice is that they give too many unplayable deliveries like outside the off stump short stuff are you trying to scare them or are you trying to beat them with a caught behind why would you not attack them with six yorkers they are bound to miss one what are the odds of say uh, mitchell stark negotiating six consecutive yorkers i'm just thinking aloud right the bound to give away one right so you bowl five yorkers bowl one short one you are trying the reverse at 135 137 bowling a short delivery short pitch delivery to a 6 foot 5 it's not going to intimidate that person beyond a point remember they are in australia they have played on bouncy wickets they are used to the bounce so you go to their backyard and they, you're trying to scare them off the same thing that they eat their bread breakfast and dinner on is perhaps not a smart strategy yes if you could have bowled at 150 kmph 155 kmph and then bowled one right at the rib cage one right at the grill possible but that's not happening at about the 138 140 mark it's not scary stuff so then what is the other option that you bowl them out use angles crowd the field take a chance and you know risk maybe a 10 or 15 runs from a boundary standpoint but have some close-in fielders, have a forward short leg, silly mid-ons, people in front of the eyesight and behind and, and put that attacking field which intimidates, right? If these things don't work, then you've got something to really think about. After trying all of these, if still the tail opposition tail goes and scores another 50-70 runs, then shame on you, right? I mean, seriously. How many times will you let this happen? So somewhere, the killer instinct has to translate into mopping up of the tail. And so Ajinkya Rane's role will be watched very carefully in mopping up these four wickets tomorrow because how he attacked these batsmen will also be a testimony of his captaincy skill sets. I've often noticed Virat flowing and letting the game drift and like, or what else will the guy do? He's trying to do, you know, what do you tell Bumrah? But sometimes you've got to tell Bumrah what to do. He's still relatively young in international cricket. All said and done, he's done five years. So you've got to go in and tell him that, boss, I want you to bowl in this channel or in this corridor or do this. I'm not saying he doesn't do that, but, you know, more often than not, I see 
a lack of killer instinct when it comes to mopping the tail and so tomorrow i'd watch ajinkarane very closely in what are the captaincy moves the field placement he does to mop up the tail and so overall keeping fingers crossed we should be over and done we should mop up the tail in a best case scenario with a, within another adding another 25 30 odd runs so they get wrapped up and we win with before the lunch session if that happens then you know we restore some pride that blotch of 36 will get reminded every single time we have a future collapse or something there is a precedent that you have set now somewhere unless you really win this series and give them a payback performance and if you could get get a 10 wicket win in second test then that's a thumping payback performance in my view so let's hope keeping the fingers crossed let's hope at least india plays to its potential team india plays to its potential to its capacity to its capability and not do the simple mistakes you get out to an unplayable delivery doff your hat and say yep uh, that that was unplayable but if you keep getting out in similar fashion outside the off stump flashing your bat on the fourth or fifth stump trying to cross it the ball then those are the similar mistakes that you have been the reason for your downfall multiple times and that's what frustrates the fan that you can lose but to lose in similar fashion is more frustrating than anything else so let's hope we don't get to that stage where we are making the same mistakes yes there will be some unplayable first 3 5 overs of hostile spells from stark comments and company but once you negotiate that whatever total they set even if it is 100 it should i mean really you have three full or three and a half full sessions to score 100 that should be a generally considered a walk in the park because the pitch is doing nothing there are no demons in the pitch there's no swing happening there is no great movement there's no superlative bounce it's just that their pace is a couple of clicks faster than what some of the indian bowlers do but by now everybody should be pretty much used to that so on that note i wish that when we reconvene for the review of this test match tomorrow day after whenever we have nothing but pleasant memories well that's all i have for today i really hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as i enjoyed sharing it with you and if you really did like it do send me a note on ganban@gmail.com it's spelled as g y a n b a n n @gmail.com or tweet using hashtag g y a n b a n ganban and don't forget to share it with those who might need to hear this and i'll make sure i meet you next week with a new experience till then take care and may peace and happiness be with you all the time ciao